Welcome back to the Blue Corner. My name is Dennis and today we have a very special guest who's come all the way from north of the border, Queensland. She's a professional boxer with a uh, professional record of 2-0 and zero before the COVID put a hold on everything. And um, I'm talking about none other than Ellie Bliss Reynolds herself. How have you been and how has life been treating you? Really good. Um, we are stoked to be able to come across the border, finally get out of this lockdown period. Um, yeah, I'm stoked to be down in Sydney, which has been a long time coming. Got to see some sponsors and come see some um, some friends and family down here. So it's been really good and so blessed to be on the podcast and see you finally. Um, so yeah, it's been a real exciting period, especially being able to come down and see you guys. Now, was it was it hard to cross the border? Like, was there any sort of like applications you had to put in or, or was it... You know, what What are kind of the restrictions at the moment between Queensland and New South Wales? Um, so at the moment there was pretty much nothing from coming down from Queensland to New South Wales. It was, you just cross and there was like nothing on the highway. On the way back, however, was a bit of a nightmare. It would be like an hour extra traffic. I know for down here it's, it doesn't seem too much, but for Queensland we don't have much traffic. So an hour extra was like... I don't even want to cross the border, but we did go down just to like grab something off marketplace and um, buy something. And then on the way home was like an absolute mission. And I didn't think to grab a border pass, even though I like researched it. And um, yeah, apparently we needed one. And we went down in a car that has the New South Wales plates. So they were not impressed with us. Um, yeah, but it's it was fine on the way down. So then this time um, the restrictions were lifted a little bit and then I think on the 10th it gets lifted even more so you don't have to have like a, a border pass as such you just need the um like a declaration I think um so on the way home we'll probably have to fill out something but it's not too hard for the Queenslanders to move compared to New South Wales so we've been pretty lucky that way. Which is kind of weird because to begin with it was Queensland that were really strict on the borders. Mm, like yeah. I, I remember like we were like Western Australia were opening their borders, you know, Victoria have got their borders open and, and Queensland were very firm on the fact that they weren't going to open the borders and now obviously Queensland have opened their borders. Yeah, yeah, we're... I don't and, know, it and, seems like it's and strict. And then we got Melbourne, who are now the yep. hotspot that no... It, it, Melbourne's like the bad sister that nobody wants to talk to <laughs> right now. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I don't know. Queensland's very weird because we're like strict in some areas and then you come to New South, New South Wales and it's like, oh, wow, you guys are so strict. But I feel like Queensland's pretty lax compared. Um, but I think because we had like such minimal cases as well, considering Queensland's quite big. So it was... Pretty lucky for us to be able to move, but um, yeah, it was like at the start we were, obviously we we're all panicking and then we we're kind of like worried, but now it's it's pretty lax up there. Everyone's like shopping and mingling and shaking hands and hugging, hang, like hanging out, hugging whatever. So we're pretty lucky it's gotten a bit more lax. And so, how have you kept busy during this lockdown period? Because you know, like uh, I talk to a lot of people, and and some people have just totally fallen off the rocks. Yeah. Um let themselves go and and all of those and then you 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 speak to other people i had sam goodman on the other week and he said like there were days that he was doing like six sessions in the one day <laughs> so how how have you handled this this whole lockdown period and and how have you been keeping busy well i know it's been like a, a tough time for some people and like i i can't brag about how good it's been but i'm going to anyway because it's it was amazing for me um the first two weeks or a week a bit, I, um, I had a bit of time off because we were training for a fight and I'd just come off um, the New Zealand fight. So we were in a camp, fought, and then I went straight back into camp. So my body was definitely feeling it. And like, I think it was more my mental state. I was like just in a constant state of fighting. So it's good to be able to like go on the back burner and just um, go back to technique and stop worrying about my fitness as much. Um, so we got to go back to the drawing board after like a bit a week and a bit off um but I enjoyed it so much and I found I probably grew the most in that time I got to worry about how much I was sleeping how much I was eating I didn't have to worry about going to work like being a, a pro fighter isn't um essentially just being a pro fighter it's working having your boyfriend having your mates having your trainer on your back and being able to train every day and still have a full-time job to be able to um provide for your career so 
Um, it was really nice to be able to just like kick back, actually have a rest and then train and then rest and then train. And I just, um, I was really dedicated through that time. And then um, as you would know, our um, Luke Jackson did the David Goggins challenge and stuff. So yeah, we were one of the other people that were inspired by that. Um, however, Shane, my coach was like, well, we're not runners, we're boxers. So we're going to do a boxing challenge and we're going to do it every three hours. We're going to do a boxing session for 52 hours. So we did that in the middle of ISO and that was like awesome because it, it kind of broke that state of mind where training a few times a day is hard. Um, when you train 18 times in just over two days, three times, four times, five times a day is you're chilling. Like the 18 sessions was definitely um, a bit of a mental breakthrough. So we did that and I would love to do it again just to see how far I can push myself because I definitely felt that mental breakthrough. Um, so yeah, I was really blessed through ISO to be able to kind of do these things that essentially through like full-time work, I wouldn't have the time to do it. So we did that and we got to be able to go back to the drawing board and kind of suss out who we wanted to fight as well, because not everyone was matched up now because beforehand it was kind of hard to be matching up with people because everyone was already matched. So this time we we're like, oh, well, I wonder who would want to fight us after this period and we might do the rematches or we'll, yeah, we'll try and start organising things with different people. But, um, yeah, it was it was really good to be able to just go back to the drawing board. I really enjoyed it. And with that challenge, what was some of the harder things to do with that challenge? Because I know, for instance, Luke, he's, he's a good friend of mine. Um, and he tried to up the Dave Goggins challenge and he did the, uh, was it 5575? Yeah. yeah, that was hectic. And to him, I mean, he, I'll, I'll let you know, at the end of that, he actually was feeling that his knees were shot. But yeah, um, he says that the hardest thing with those challenges isn't the actual run or anything like that. It was the waking up or the, the fear of missing the alarm clock. So yeah. even though that your challenge was different, did you have the same worries? And was that... A struggle as well to be getting up, I guess, at, you know, midnight or at 2am in the morning just mm. to do a session. Like, what were some of the challenges with, with your challenge? Um, well, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest one was being worried I would sleep through the alarm because um, for me to fail like that, I'd be so gutted. Like, I hate putting a challenge to myself and then failing because I did something wrong. So, um yeah, I think I was like only half asleep. You know, when you're in that light phase of sleep and you're kind of like, I've got to wake up soon. Like when you're ready to go to work, you're like, oh, don't be late, don't be late, don't be late. So I was like half asleep, but I was worried about not waking up. So I'd just have like a little lay down and then um, my alarm would go off and I'd be up. But I think most of the time I was kind of excited because I was like, all right, I'm going to break. I'm going to break this time. Let's go, let's go. I want to see if I'm going to break this time. But um, I think like... It was pretty funny watching my coach get up. He's like, he was as dedicated as I am, if not more. And like, he was getting up at 12 a.m. and being like, oh, I just don't want to do it. And like, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to start the session. You just sleep in a little bit more. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll be down in 15. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Because he's, he doesn't have to do anything. He just has to like tweak my bit of technique and tell me what to do. But I was just down there skipping, chilling, shadow boxing, just put on like a little bit of Latin music, just chill. It was like, it was good. Um, and I kind of just got to flow. Like I didn't, um, I wasn't in my head about anything. I wasn't like, oh, technique. Oh, I wasn't worried about anything. I was just like, just get through the sessions, one session at a time, get in the flow state and you'll be sweet. And then you get to rest. And I was like, that actually, you know what the hardest thing was, was eating. <laughs> I was like, I love food, but eating enough to be able to train that much was so hard I had as much calorie dense food as I could but I felt so sick in between because you don't want to eat too closely before training so I'd had like powdered carbs like oats honey everything protein shakes like every second oh it was disgusting how much I had to eat but then try to sleep enough but your food kind of has to be more than your sleep because you don't have time to fully decompress and, and lay down so I was trying to eat enough and that was probably the hardest bit but I actually really enjoyed the training side um and then I started to feel like a bit of my joints starting to ache and my knuckles were starting to blister and I just ended up having like blood vessels burst all over my knuckles because we're just hitting the bag or pads and stuff. So it was like, all right, well, we're going to do some no, no contact stuff and just work on popping my shots and 
and skipping and shadow boxing and be a bit more like methodical instead of actually working my body too much in like the the middle phases like we kind of went down and just worked on a bit of no contact technique and then came back up towards the end and did some pads and running and that kind of thing when my body was okay and um we did an ice bath in the middle of it which was um death as everyone knows what ice baths are like so we did a really cold one and um that was probably the hardest bit of the whole thing um but it was really helpful so I was like all right we'll get the ice bath done and then after that I'll be sweet and I'll be able to keep going so then um knowing that the ice bath helped a lot I'm probably gonna do another one and just keep doing ice baths and I'll be sweet but yeah it was like it was a good push for every little bit like eating enough sleeping enough training um, methodically listening to my coach and it's just like all the things you have to do in camp but condensed and how was it in regards to your relationship? Was your was your partner in on the challenge? Was he just cheering you on from the sideline? Or or was he just a nuisance for the those couple of days because it was like because you don't get much time, right? Like no. and th- this is the discussion I had with Luke is like everyone sees it as in, you know, 5575, but it, you know, it took him a good hour for the run, which leaves you 4 hours. And then as you say, you got to eat, you got you got to yeah. sleep, you got to do all of that. So yeah, in, in, in your relationship realm, where where how did that all sit? Um, I'm really lucky. He's really supportive of me. So whatever I say I'm going to do, he's like, okay, you do that. I'm going to help you. It's cool. Um, so I said to him, I was like, this is what's happening. I don't know if Shane's told you, but we're doing a challenge. And it's every three hours. So I'm going to have two hours break in between. Um, and in my head, I was like, I'm sweet to do things on my own. I'm like, all right, I'll be fine. I'll just like pack all my lunches and my food and everything. I'll race home and sleep and like have all my water, all my shakes ready. And I was like, yeah, I'll be prepared. This will be fine. And then um, <laughs> I didn't think about the fact of like losing sleep and training hard that you kind of get a little bit delirious. So um, driving wouldn't be a good idea. And I didn't think about that. We're only like 15 minutes from the gym, but it's like you're going 80 Ks on the road. And it's like, mm, it's a little bit scary if you're quite a bit tired. So my coach was like, no, nah, you're not driving. And then calls up him and was like, hey, um, you're going to have to pick up Ellie later tonight. Can you wake up at 12 and wake up at 3 and wake up at this time and just come pick her up? Because like some of the sessions I just did at the gym and then I slept at the gym. Just It was just easier at night. I was just like, I'll just, I'll just put up a mattress and have a nap and then come back down. It's just easier to wake up as well. I got more sleep. So he was at home sleeping for about like three or four hours before he had to come back again. And he did, um, I think he did one session with me to kind of just help me through the night because the days are easy because you're supposed to be awake but the night is when everyone's asleep there's no noise there's no one looking at you there's no like cheering on it's just like me and Shane grinding out in the gym in the middle of the night so it's like it's it's hard when you have to just grind by yourself but he yeah Brad came and helped me which was really good and I had a couple of like mates come and train with me and um yeah like even boys from the gym they're like yep we'll come train with you I was like you're a legend because like in the middle of the night, you start to question yourself. So, yeah, Brad was really good through it. And he um, even, like, brought me food. He's like, do you need anything? Do you need, a, like, do you just want a, a pillow? Do you, like, even if I was sleeping at the gym, he would come and help me out. But, yeah, like I said, he's really supportive. So I'm really quite lucky there. And was there ever a time that you doubted that you'd make it through the challenge? Like, was there ever, like, a, a time that you kind of hit a brick wall and you, and you had to push through or, nah. or was it, nah. like, all go? The whole time I was like, I'm going to get it done. I don't care if I'm, like, crawling to the line. I was like, no, nah, this is happening. And, like, it's funny because even at the start my coach was like, I don't know, we'll see. Like, I love he just pushes me. He's like, he knows the reverse psychology is working. He's like, I don't know, Ellie, you might not do it. I was like, no, nah, screw him, I'm definitely doing it. So I was like, no. Nah, I don't care what you say, I'll get it done. I was like, I might be like in a lot of pain, but I'm getting it done. And he's like, okay, we'll see, we'll see. And it was funny because the last session that we did was a pad session and I was still like hitting pretty solid. And he was like, you, you actually hit pretty hard. Like you still got everything in your legs. You still feel strong. You still switched on. And I was like, yeah, I'm sweet. I was like, we got more. I was like, do you want to do extras? Let's go. And he's like, all right, let's go abs. And he's like, let's, let's do your extra set. I was like, sweet, I'm on, I'm on, let's go. And like, even because I was crossing the finish line, it's so much easier when you're at the finish line. I was like, I'll just go to the rest of the day. I was like, I want to go again. And then after we did that, I was like, okay, I'm definitely doing this again and making it way harder because I want that break. I want to be like, oh, I don't want to do this. It's going to be so hard. But like this one, I was just excited the whole time. 
So, yeah, it was like I just kind of backed myself because I knew that I've got to break at some point and i just got to keep backing myself. And then even when I break, I've got to keep backing myself because if I break in a fight and I'm not backing myself, I'm done. So just got to push that mental state of mind. Which is exactly the Luke Jackson story. I mean, when, when he did it, the, the original challenge was the 4448. And then he did the cheeky extra run just because he wanted to beat the 4448. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. so exactly mind, the same yeah. thing. He was like, well, I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to create a bigger challenge. And that's when the 5575 thing came about. Yeah. But back to you. So we'll talk about your early kind of um, days. Uh, you started with MMA. Um, no, I started, no, I started boxing. You started a boxing? Yeah. Okay, so when when did you start a boxing? And and I guess how were your parents at the very beginning of you saying, hey, listen, I want to punch some people in the face? Well, um, I think I was about, I think I was 14 and just me and a friend of mine were obviously hitting puberty um, and started to get a little bit chunky. So we are like, oh, well, let's go lose some weight. And um, she's like, oh, I heard of this place and we can go do boxer size and lose a bit of weight. I was like, sweet, let's do that. Cause it's, it's hard to be in school, be cute and like try and fit in and everything and like, and train and whatever. So we're like, yeah, we'll do boxer size. And so we're doing that for a bit and I instantly loved it. I was like, this is, this is something else. Like I've always been a bit aggressive. Like I've played soccer and I was like a bit more aggressive instead of being more technical. And then I played rugby and then water polo. And so I was like always been like, just like progressively more aggressive. So um, naturally I ended up with a combat sport and then, yeah, we're just like getting fit, getting healthy. And then the um, the coach there was like, oh, well, I've got a um, an event coming up. Do you want to fight on it? Just like an exhibition. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So I did that and I was like in the, in the fight team. So um, yeah, that was a good next step. It was definitely a push when you're about 14 15 I was like wow I've never worked this hard before but I liked it I was like this is this is something else all right so I just kept pushing and then I just kept progressively falling more and more in love with it and I was introduced to MMA um from a, an old boyfriend and he he did MMA and I was like nah it's a barbaric sport I was like Psh. Like you just meet heads. So I just thought, oh, boxing's so much more classy and like I'm above that. And I was like, nah. And they're like, come on, just try it. Tell me you don't like it after you tried it. I was like, okay. So I tried it and I was like, okay. Okay, I actually I actually like this. This is kind of fun. So I ended up doing that. Um, did that for like I think two, three years. And then um, after I met my current coaches, it was just like, yeah, a lot of um, shuffling between gyms and stuff. Um yeah, we decided that we'd go back to boxing and um, dedicate my time just to one craft at a time and then see what happens from there, really. Which is kind of crazy because I, I had a look at your, your two MMA fights and mm. you obviously won them both. And, yeah. like, usually, you know, like I, I, I would find that had you dropped one or two, then you might go, okay, let's concentrate on one discipline. But you were actually doing really, really well in the in, in the MMA space. Yeah. And, and, and I guess that's kind of weird. But do you also remember the first time, like going back to your first exhibition match, do you remember the nerves leading up to that? Um, did you have nerves? And, and how, how did you react to being punched in the face for the first time? Because, you know, it, yeah. it's one of those things that it doesn't matter how much you train and stuff. Like, it still sucks, yeah. Right? No like once you get in there and you get hit for the very first time, it's, it's a shell shock. It really is. Mm. And, and do you remember that? Like, or were you too young to, to kind of pull that back? Oh, no, I remember it, definitely. Um, well, we'd sparred in the gym a lot and everyone was kind of a lot, not a lot bigger. Like there was a couple of people that were bigger than me and then a lot faster, a lot more skilled. And like I was at the bottom of the food chain, so I just pretty much got bashed every day, but it's fine. And um, yeah, like sparring, I'd be like, all right, probably going probably gonna to get my butt kicked today. This is cool, cool. And there were so many times I just broke and um, like I had to just cry in the ring because I was like, I'm just getting bashed. Like as a woman, you just instantly feel emotional. I was like, what is happening? I'd get like anxiety, all of it, like 15. So you're like emotions, hormones, everything's running high. So yeah, it was um, it was pretty hectic to start with. And then the exhibition um, was against one of the girls that I was training with and she was a lot better than me, a lot older than me lot stronger and she just 
bashed me and I was like wow and everyone's just egging her on to bash me and I'm like we're teammates like why are you hurting me and she was like so strong I was like oh my god she's probably gonna knock me out or give me a blood nose I don't know what's gonna happen oh it was it was scary but um I think like as time gets on you're like all right I'm gonna punch in the face now let's go all right let's do it but back then I was like a shit a brick and slowly you get used to it. It still sucks. I don't enjoy being hit in the face, but um, you slowly get used to it and less like flinchy or less like nervous. I still get like a little bit of nerves before fights, but nowhere near as much as I used to. I think it just comes with experience and like just knowledge that everything's going to be okay. Well, I did I did have a, uh, a chat to uh, a fighter from the States, Lorenz, um, and he always said, look, you, you, you're always going to get nervous. Uh, mm. the, the only time you wouldn't be nervous is if you're a psychopath. <laughs> he said, but as you get on with, with your career, you learn how to channel those nerves, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, at the beginning when, when you have those nerves, it's, it's very hard. Like, you're just a wreck where, you know, as you get on with your career, you'll, you'll start to realise you can, like, take that nervous energy and, and – feed it into like I guess more excitement and mm, and, and yeah. so forth but uh yeah it's it's kind of crazy because as you say like you you do do a lot of sparring um mm. and I'm not saying everyone's a good person when it comes to sparring but most coaches will always say all right well let's spar at 60 percent right and and yeah. so it is always still different once you get into the because yeah, that 60 percent just goes out the door not <laughs> yeah. not to say it doesn't happen inspiring either i mean i have had a few people and you know the coach will go let's do 60 percent and they they straight away come at at least 80 90 percent and it's usually i guess the newer people because they don't realize yeah they can't control it they can't control their punches so it it becomes a bit harder but anyway so you 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 had your two mma fights you you won both of those Mm. um and then you kind of i I guess took a year off in in a sense right like because i saw that your mma fights i think were Mm. 2016 17 yeah, I think so, yeah. Right? You you were inactive for – and when I say mm. inactive, I'm, I'm sure you were training, but yeah, you were fighting. inactive for mm. 2018 and then you picked up the the professional boxing in 2019. Mm. Um, firstly, I guess, what were you doing in, in, in that year that obviously you weren't fighting? Was it just trying to transition? Because I know obviously they are totally different sports. You in know, between it, MMA and boxing? Yeah. Um, yeah, I was training MMA for a while. Um, yeah, I was training in Brisbane at Southside MMA and um, like the goal was just to keep fighting and do that. But um, I met my head coach now, Manny, and he was he came just like for um, just like a special guest trainer and I was like, this dude knows something, I have to go there. I was like, he just knows something, I'm going to go there. And... Yeah, I ended up training with him and then he's like, oh, my striking coach is moving here. Um, so I was like, oh, sweet, it'd be good to meet him too because I wasn't really doing any striking as such. I wasn't doing like the separate um, like BJJ wrestling and striking. It was more just like MMA kind of jumbled all up. Um, so I was like, awesome, I'll be able to meet this guy and he can show me some striking, Manny can show me wrestling in MMA. And so we did that for a while and um, I think – because I come from a boxing foundation, naturally I like it because I'm better at striking than the ground game. That's just what would happen naturally. But um, they were like, well, why don't you progress in the boxing field? If you like that more, then why don't you just go there and we can come back to MMA later and we can do some jiu-jitsu later. So um, we decided to do that. And the whole time we've been training, but it was more just like – transitioning and um, building my body back up to be able to train every day because when I did my last MMA fight, I grinded pretty hard and my body was definitely feeling it. So I had to kind of go on the back burner, stop doing weights, stop like overworking my body and let myself like just rest for a minute and then we slowly built back up so now I can train full time and not burn out. But that took a while and then – we started to change it from MMA to boxing and I said that I wanted to go pro in boxing because I like the style of it and I can make myself like a name there. So um, we decided to start training pro. I had no fights lined up, didn't have anything like on the horizon. Um, but we were just like, we're just going to train pro because if you train like an amateur and then go pro, you're going to see 
the um the evidence there so we were like oh right, we'll train pro for a while and then we'll turn pro at the end of this year or whatever and we had some complications actually having the debut like two times um the fight got called off like the first time I was sick and I ended up in hospital the second one she didn't have her blue book which you need to have in New South Wales um so that didn't happen when she flew over everything was there didn't fight so like two times the rug got pulled underneath me and I was like all right well I don't want to fight her anymore because obviously this is just a bad egg. <laughs> I'm not doing this. And so um, then my coach turned around. He's like, yep, we're fighting. And I was like, nah. He's like, yep. I was like, I don't – do I have to? And he's like, yep. Okay. So um, we finally debuted <laughs> like three – no, maybe like four months later. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so long. This is insane. I just want to get it over and done with. By this point, I was just like, I don't even care anymore. I'm like, does not matter anymore I just need to get it done and then from there I was like well now I just want runs on the board I just want to keep fighting but we had this year planned out to be like constantly fighting I was like yep sweet this is going to be a good year and we had like two fights on the horizon then we had this last one minute um this last minute one pop up so we did that and then everything kind of got shut down um so the whole time like yeah I've been I've been training and um, working on my skill the whole time and I haven't had many fights, but I've been doing this for about seven years, if not, I think it's almost eight years. So I've been doing the work, just not in front of the shiny lights, you know, I've been underground. So it's been good to be out of work still. And with the uh, the first cancellation, you said you got sick. Was that uh, just as in you got sick or was it something that went wrong with, say, the weight cut or...? What? No, I, I'm just sick. Like I just... Um, yeah, I had like, I think I just overworked and didn't eat enough. I think like my nutrition was definitely my downfall. Like the Shane knows how far to push me and he knows my body and he knows um, fighters really well and he knows like how to train you to come up. So it was more that I didn't have enough food in my system to be able to keep up with it and then my body just run down. And as soon as it starts to get a little bit run down, you start getting like sicknesses. And I ended up just getting like, I think I had like three things at once and I was like, just shattered it was it was bad I, I don't get sick like ever so I was like no nah, I don't feel good and he was like no nah, just push through I know this is a hard session like we'd done a really hard week and he's like no it's okay just push through and I was like no nah, like, I'm really not good and he was like okay all right and he was like, all right just slow it back down then and then um that night I was in a lot of pain so we decided like okay we're gonna have to pull back and then I ended up in hospital so <laughs> Yeah, it was like in and out a few times. So then um, we realised like, all right, well, health is priority right now. Don't worry about fighting. Don't worry about anything. Just get healthy because there's no point trying to grind and, and get to fighting fit if you can't even walk around the house, you know. Like I had like hectic fevers and like vomiting. Oh, it was the worst. I was like, I can't. I felt so bad because I didn't want to pull out of a fight. It's the worst feeling you like let down your opponent you let down all these people that want to come see you let down the um the promoter your coaches like it's the worst feeling so I was like I don't want to pull out I want to pull out I was like I'll be fine I'll be fine it's just fine but it was like four weeks out I think I was like no 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 it's sweet it's sweet and I'm like just getting out of hospital I'm like he's like no we're not fighting I was like okay well I'll just go with whatever you say but I'm so glad I didn't it was would not be a good idea and with the transition from MMA back to boxing, was, was it hard to make? Like you, you, you say you had a boxing background, but mm. obviously, I mean, I'm not going to call them bad habits because Just you know they they, they they are different yeah. different sports. So mm. like even from the stance, you know, like my coach always says, like in boxing, you're more side on because you're not worried about someone shooting for the leg, right? Yeah, so yeah. did you find uh, that transition back to boxing easy, or were, were there moments that as I said, I don't want to call them bad habits, but whatever habits, habits they are, mm. was it hard to to kind of get back out of that? Mm, I would say it just takes a lot of time to drill in certain um, movements. Um, and I trained with um, Paul Briggs for a while doing boxing while I was doing MMA and he's like really big on technique and he was showing me similar things that Shane would, was showing me as well. So I'd already had quite a few things drilled into my body that um, it wasn't exactly like hard to get back out because I already had the movements, I already knew what was happening. It was just like 
making my body do them again instead of being like a little bit more flary on my elbow or just being a little more tucked and just like small things. Um, I would, yeah, I don't know. I think like maybe um, the temptation of going for a, a double leg or like going for a leg chop or, you know, like especially like dirty wrestling, like boxing and stuff where you can kind of like wrestle with their head and, you know, throw a cheeky shot in there. But um, A cheeky yep. little leg kick or something. Cheeky little like – Little elbow and uh, <laughs> no, so I was like, okay, well, all right, only two hands. That's it. You only got hands. You know, you can't do any kicking. No, nothing. Um, so it wasn't like hard physically, I guess. It was more hard mentally because I was like, like the, the boxing ring was right next to the mats, and I'd just be watching the boys roll. I'd be sitting there like, well, that's not me now, is it? Like, it, it was really hard to, to kind of separate myself from that. Like, I'm okay now. I still get like a little bit antsy like I want to go on the ground and roll and stuff but um yeah I think it was more mentally that was the hardest part but naturally I'm my body's like tuned for boxing because I've been doing it so long so it was more going into MMA was the hardest bit but yeah going back into boxing was pretty good and and are we going to stick with boxing now or you think you'll ever take an MMA fight again we'll see we'll see um I'd love to go back to MMA one day um I'll see what's on the cards. I think like I might have my boxing career and then end up having babies. And then I'm like, Oh, I don't want to fight after having kids or I don't know. I don't know what's on the cards. So I would love to fight MMA again, but um, yeah, I think I'm just going to play it by ear. Like I don't want to hold on to it too much in case it doesn't happen, but I'll see, like I'll, I'll work with my team and see what um, is the best opportunity for me. And um, what's the safest opportunity because I don't want to come out of fighting with a bung face or like problems that live with me for the rest of my life. I want to fight and then get out and be squeaky clean, you know. And did you ever consider like um, trialing for the Olympics before you turned pro? Was that ever like a goal of yours or, or was straight to pros for you? When I was younger, I wanted to go to the Com Games, like the 2018 Gold Coast Com Games. I was like, yep, I'm doing it. This is what's happening. Um, but then I don't know what changed me. I think I saw someone pro or I don't know. I can't remember what it was. But something in me, I was just like, no, nah, I want to go pro. Like, I don't want to do this amateur crap anymore. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is just, it's all politics. Man, I just got, I was super fed up with it. I was like, nah, I'm going pro. And um, and then from then on, I was like, nah, I don't really care for amateur. Like, I don't even know how many amateur fights I've had. Like, I just didn't really care for it. I thought there were just a bit more warm-up fights for the pros. Um, and, like, as much as people have done really well in the amateurs to go to the Olympics and the Com Games and do all that kind of stuff, it, it was only in my mind for, like, two years or something. And then I was like, nah, I'm done. I'm just going to go pro. Like, this is not my scene, the amateur fight. I think because it's very um, – high paced and not methodical at all well it is like I can't say it's not but when you're in the lower ranks it's just like go 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 because you're fighting two minutes for the woman like three two minute rounds or sometimes I fought one minute rounds and it was just like a sprint as much as you can punch that's all you have to do it's like your bag sprints it was so bad I'm like I don't want to do this this is this isn't fun this isn't like technical this isn't about my boxing IQ this is as fit as you can be I'm like this isn't boxing this is crap so I was like I just I'd rather fight more rounds be able to be a bit more methodical and like actually work a game plan or have like good boxing IQ and, and work on that more than just being fit. So, um, yeah, I think pro was just like pretty much always the goal after those two years. And how was your trip to New Zealand? I know one of your, uh, one of your two pro boxing fights was in NZ. Um, yeah. How was the journey? Um, and also how, how does it compare to, to fighting at home? Like, did you, uh, find that there was more pressure, less pressure because, you know, you're you're in enemy territory or, you know, you don't have your friends and family or maybe they travelled across or, um, yeah, how, how was that experience? I mean, it's a little different because sometimes when you hear about these international fights, they also got to, uh, you know, worry about time zones and stuff like that. So you obviously didn't have that problem being New Zealand. We're pretty much the same time zone. But it was about three hours difference. But how did you how did you find that um, yeah that whole experience of of traveling over into enemy territory and and obviously picking up the win as well? But yeah, yeah. I loved it. It was great. Um, I like that a little bit more friction when you're going into enemy territory. It's a bit more of a challenge. I like it. Um, 
it was a last minute fight. So I think yeah, we were um, we were training for a fight for Punchbowl um, on Paul's card. So we were competing or oh, training for that, and then last minute they were like, "Yep, do you want to fight in New Zealand?" I was like, "Okay, why not?" Because this year was the goal was to fight as much as possible. So um, we were like, oh, "Let's take it," and we knew that she had more um, amateur. Um, experience than I did I think she was the New South Wales uh, New Zealand champ so that was kind of interesting as well like I've fought no one you know like I've had 15 or so fights so I was like all right sweet this is going to be interesting so we did that um we accepted it and then we went over and I was like oh, okay this is it's not really international because it's just New Zealand but Everyone's like, oh, wow, you're going But still, I mean, you know? you, you've got a flight that you need to deal with, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, they're yeah. not going to put you in business class, so you've still got a three-hour yeah. plane ride where you're squished up. And yeah. and as you say, there's a three-hour time difference and I'm sure there's a temperature difference as well, especially, mm. especially to Queensland. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it is international. Yeah. <laughs> I just – I think I just downplay everything because I'm like, ah, it's, it's not a big a deal, whatever. But – yeah, I've realised how much <laughs> it takes a toll on you when you start travelling. you got to do a wake-up. But, like, we got there at 2 a.m. The This, like, would be the same day as we're weighing in. So I had to do get there at, like, 2 a.m., go to sleep, get up and start weight-cutting. Um, and it wasn't, like, it wasn't a bad weight-cut or anything. It was more just the fact that we got in so late and then we couldn't get into the um, – the apartment that was like a bit of a mix up there. So that was another thing. I'm just sitting there like shattered and my coach is just worrying about it. And I'm like, oh, I don't care. I'm just going to sleep here. I'll just sleep on the waiting couch. This is fine. And so that was like a bit of a, a bit of an interesting point of the trip. And then we, yeah, the next day we got up to go wake up and we just went to this random hotel and just go for a sauna there. Um, Do you cut much weight? No, not really. Like two kilos really. Like we don't usually cut too much, just a little bit. Um, and keep it in the healthy range. But, um, yeah, the weight cut was easy. Then we had weigh-ins. That was easy. Um, and we just rested, chilled. Like, I was cruising. It was such a good little trip. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be able to see a little bit of New Zealand. Like, I did not see any of New Zealand, I won't lie. Um, I was just in the room the whole time just sleeping or weight cutting. So we did that. But, um, yeah, we had weigh-in, went and ate, best thing in my life. And then um, the next day I just chilled. We did a bit of a pad session, just warmed up a little bit. And I had to sleep, but um, we were scheduled to fight at a certain time. And we're like, all right, we'll be there about an hour before we're scheduled to fight. Sweet. And then um, they gave us a call when we were both having a nap. And they were like, all right, you're uh, you're going to be on soon. Where are you? And they're like, he's like, what, what are you talking about? We're, we're at the apartment. We were asleep. So we um, rushed over to the event, quickly wrapping my hands. And like before we'd even wrapped, they were like, all right, you're almost ready to go. We're like. No, what? I, my hands aren't even wrapped. So at this point, I'm stressing out, but like on the inside, because I was like, I don't want to make the whole show late just because I slept in. Like I thought it was my fault because I was like, oh no, I should have been here hours before just in case this happened. And I thought we were like really prepared, but it was like, oh, the fights like went really quick. There was like quite a few knockouts that night. So we're like, oh, quick. And then um, we... Yeah, we got there and they had to have an intermission so we could wrap my hands and wrap them... I like moved around the room for like a minute and then I had to go out. So there was no warm up, no nothing. But um, I spar all the time with like barely any warm up. So I was like, ma, this is what I do anyway. So I'm not, I wasn't like freaking out. I was like, this is what I usually do. Let's go. I'm ready. And jumped in and then warmed up in the ring. <laughs> so yeah, it was an interesting experience. It was good to kind of be um, in enemy territory for one, also be rushed and not have like the warm up experience or like, I can't start my um, my career off having to have this perfect routine because you never know what's going to go wrong. Like the fight could have been cancelled the last minute. I was just expecting like something's going to go wrong. I just got to like think like that just in case it does. Otherwise I'm going to be gutted. So I was like, well, I just have to see if something goes wrong. Like until that bell rings, the fight's not on. Like, I don't know, something might happen. She might get sick and then we can't fight. So I just thought there's no point being worried there's no point being stressed I was like I'm just gonna do the weight cut I'll chill warm up a little bit and then when the when the bell's ringing that's when we're fighting so I was like chilling the rest of the time to be honest 
Yeah, which is, I mean, look, it it really is, uh, especially when you're talking about national circuits, it's it's always the case. Like if it's televised, you will get a specific time, right? Because yeah. they've got TV commercials, they've got uh, production mm. package, packages and stuff like that. But when you're just fighting on local circuits, it, I mean, we, we do production for um, a lot of the MMA stuff and it's exactly the same thing. You kind of like plan it out. Um, but, you know, if the first three fights are like, First yeah, round finishes, yeah. like it's like everyone starts to have to move in. So it, mm. it's a tough one to judge unless it is a televised event. Mm. Um, but yeah, did they at least put on a hucker for you? No, no, they didn't. But it's fine. It was it was like awesome to be there. It was pretty cool. Um, having everyone with the accents, I was like, this is this is cool. Just like being out of Australia, being out of like my comfort zone. I was like, this is awesome, and everyone was so lovely there. Like. When you're in enemy territory, you kind of expect, oh, yeah, they're probably going to boo me, probably not going to be too impressed when I win. Like, it's fine, whatever. It really doesn't bother me. And then after, everyone's like, yeah, congratulations. Like, so happy for you. It was such a good fight. And I was, like, tripping out. I just looked at my coach and I was like, what is happening? And he's like, it's all good. Just ride the wave. I'm like, uh, cool. Like, thank you. It was, it was uncomfortable. I won't lie. Like, I'm not used to having people – back me up and and be really nice so i was like oh cool thank you now look i mean their, their culture is really good i i grew up in new zealand so i actually moved over there as, as a kid um and i actually copped it both ways so when i moved over there i, I got the whole like accent count to six you know say fish and chips yeah 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 <laughs> Right, and, and, and literally did my schooling over there and once once I was done, I actually moved back. But by that stage, I had converted and I had the the Kiwi accent, yep. right? And so as soon as I got back here, I got the exact same yeah. jokes again, right? I was yeah. like, count to six, say fish and chips. And I was like, this is getting old, like, man, right? I've said fish and chips way too many times these six years. <laughs> exactly, right? So, But, I mean, the culture over there and, 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 yeah, and, and so they lovely. are, they, it, it's, it's a totally different experience. I can't speak like highly enough of, yeah. of my time over there. If I was to have children, I always say I would love to be able to raise them over there. Yeah, they're beautiful. It, it, it's, it's, it's a really good country, you know. Yeah. Um, and we like to, as I always say, we like to claim them when they become successful. Yeah, um, definitely. That's part of us when this. So anyway, like there, there was a big break now with, with 2020. Um, you know, everyone's nervous about what's going to happen in July now because um, it seems like every month something new has come about. Yeah. Um, but like in in a perfect world, what's your kind of plans now for like for the rest of twenty twenty? We're just trying to reschedule the same fights that um, we already had matched up. Um, there's the um, neutral corners one that we're hoping for um, in the next few months. There's like no definite. I think there's like a most likely going to be soon, but like we're just going to train for it, and then if it happens, it happens. But if we're trained for it, then okay, I just trained more. Like it'll be good. And then hopefully, um, I think maybe in November there's another one. Um, I'm thinking I think it's the Queensland title that we're gonna go for. Um I think they'll probably be the only two fights unless something last minute pops up and it's a good fight to take. But so far that's what's on the cards and then um the next like next year we'll probably just try and get as much as possible. Okay, and, and with the, the fights that you th- potentially got lined up for this year have you already got opponents in mind or you you just got what card you want to fight on no we've already got the opponents um not locked in but yeah they're penciled in because like they were already um fights that were lined up so we've got like amber Wright fight in sydney and then beck hawker hopefully i think it's brisbane maybe um they're like there were fights already lined up and i think they really wanted to fight me already so like I'm going to take it if they already like got their eyes on me. May as well give them a piece of it. <laughs> nice. And and do you um like do you watch a lot of fights as well like um and when I say fights both boxing and MMA like did you did you uh watch like the Maloney brothers fight uh, a couple no. of weeks back? No. I didn't. I saw I saw some um some clips of it. I was so gutted I missed it. But um No, actually like it's embarrassing to admit, but I don't watch that many fights. Um, I think mainly because I was working full time and then training and then I'd have to be sleeping or spending time with my partner. And on the, on the day off that I have, I'll try and see my parents and like fitting in all this stuff in the short amount of time that I've got was such a mission. So I was like, well, 
when am I going to do this? I'll be like at my mum and dad's and the UFC is on. It's like an epic card, which is actually happening next weekend. There's like an awesome card on. And I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? I'm going to be sitting at the table with mum being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested in watching this fight. Mm-hmm, yep. Okay, cool. But it's like, I never see her. So I'm like, oh God, I can't be rude and look at my phone at this fight. So it's like. Which is crazy because this weekend is, it's the first one at Fight Island. Um, and they've got like, I think, three title fights and the rest of the card is actually pretty stacked. It, it is going to be a really good. I think I'm probably going to have to get away at some point and just be like, mum, it's really important to me. I just need to quickly get away and watch. But um, I think like now, because I'm dropping back from working full time and I'm just going to work one day and, and do some, my PT and stuff and be able to train full time. I've got that time to be able to study more and like, yeah, watch some fights of like the old boys back in the day and take some work from them and like, just like little snippets of stuff that I can pick up, but I don't necessarily just watch all these different fights. Like my coach will be watching all the fights for me and go, all right, you need to watch this, this, and this. Oh, watch this. Or he'll send me something like watch this snippet or like, you like study this fight. So he kind of does that for me. He's like, yep, here you go. Look at this. Um, but now I like, I'm so excited. I can dedicate myself more to my craft, which is the whole point of dropping back from working um, in the salon. I can actually dedicate myself to what I want to do as a career and, and um, use that time to study and better myself all the time. And are you one of those kind of fighters that goes in with a specific game plan with your coaches or do you prefer to like go in freestyle and not be bound to, to a game plan? Bit of column A, bit of column B. We usually will know what the other fighter is strong at and what they're weak at. So it's like, okay, we'll go for what they're weak at and defend what they're strong at. But also they might, change their game plan up or they they might have been working on something else so they might be getting better at defense or whatever so we're we've trained like all different stances all different like um positions of the ring like we we're not always like yeah we'll just come forward the whole time because then what happens if you get backed up like you can't just rely on the one fighting style that you like so um yeah we train like everything because i want to be comfortable in there no matter what i'm doing like i want to be comfortable with someone's like this big brawler and be like, all right, I can just outclass you. It's fine. Or I might come in with a boxer and I might be the brawler and like come in, you know, like I want to be comfortable no matter what's going on. So there is an element of game plan. Yeah. But we do like to go off the fly because you just never know what's going to happen. And now growing up, is there, is there any athletes you've taken inspiration from like, and, and it doesn't need to be fighting. You mentioned you played soccer. You mentioned you played rugby. Like is, is there, you know, I mean, Sam Goodman, the other week, he, he said he took uh, a lot of inspiration from the, the latest Michael Jordan documentary about, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the whole mindset. Is, is yeah. there an athlete that you, you know, really look up to or, or, or get some sort of inspiration from? I'll be honest, no. Uh, yeah, I see, like, I see the, the girls at the top and they do really well. Like, actually, no, oh, I lied. Um, Whaley in um, the UFC, absolute beast. I respect her a lot. And um, Joanna, Yenjecek, um, she, yeah, they're both beasts. Like I just love their work ethic and um, I respect them a lot. But yeah, growing up, not really. Like, oh, actually, no, yeah. Um, Shotgun O'Connell, she, um, I saw her, like I saw one of her fights. She was like wearing fluorescent yellow. And one day I was thinking in my head, I'm like, be so good to grace the ring with her one day. I'd love to fight her or like just spar with her or whatever. And she was actually being like one of my sparring partners for quite a while. So it's like, it's funny how I've looked up to her and then all of a sudden I'm sparring her all the time. So she was one of them. Um, but I and never really was like, wow, at anyone. I just was like, this is what I love doing and I'm going to do it. I'm just, I think I'm more um, driven because of my own ambitions more than seeing someone else and being like, oh, I want to be like them. I'm like, no, I'm going to be the best I can be. And this includes blah, 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 blah. So I just keep driving until I get what I want, you know? No, I totally get that. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, as I said with Sam, it was the mentality of, say, Jordan, mm, right? It was yeah. – I think you mentioned some sort of story that he um, – in college he, he was like, I'm going to be better than everyone else and I'm going to work as hard as everyone else. And, he, and his coach said, well, then you're not going to be better than anyone else, mm, right? Work harder, yeah got to work harder yeah and and that's where i guess sam took the inspiration from and and as i said like you know during this off time he's he's now done like six sessions a day and mm. this and that so 
you know, uh, and that's what I mean. Like people take inspiration from different areas. It could be Tony Robbins, right? Like to- totally out of the realm of sport. Like I'm just saying, like is is there somewhere where you know sometimes when you when you've had a bad day or you're getting owned in 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 sparring because we all have those days, right? Some mm. some days you go to oh, the yeah, gym definitely. and 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 you're beating everybody on the on on the mats or yeah. or, or in the ring. Then other days you're just not getting it right, and you 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 come home and you're deflated. Mm. Um, is there anyone? And I mean, it could be your partner. Like, is there anyone that sort of draws you back up when 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 the going gets tough? Yeah, my coaches definitely. Yeah, my partner as well. Um, but like uh, my head coach Manny, he when I first met him, he's like, I I see something in you. Like, I don't know what it is, but I want to see what it is. And he's always like, you can do better than this. You can do better than this. You can like, he's, he's very hard to please, which I like because then I'm always working hard. I'm like, Oh God, work hard. This isn't good enough. And then I don't ever want to let him down, nor do I want to let my coach down. So, um, I know how much work they put into me. Actually, I probably don't even know like the other stuff that they put into me, but I see what they do. And it's like, I'm going to make sure that I work enough to please the amount that you've worked, you know, like I, I don't, want to um come in half-assed after Manny's had his whole career and worked his butt off like I don't want to um embarrass him and and be kind of like half in half out like I want to give my all and show him that I can do this and prove to everyone else like I'm his student I've done this I've done that and like I'm Shane's student and like they're really great teachers so I don't ever want to let them down um obviously I don't want to let myself down and like that kind of thing is like my personal, but yeah, I think it's mainly like, I don't want to let my coaches down. And I know that my boyfriend's like really proud of me and I don't want to let him down either. So it's like, I've got these men around me and I'm like, quick, don't let him down. I've got to keep grinding. I can't stop. And, and how does it work as we were talking about earlier today that, you know, you did the MMA and you went to boxing where your boyfriend's actually done the exact opposite yeah. now. Um, you know, I, I, is there a plan that you guys are actually going to follow the same path or, or, or do you think that you are kind of, um, you know, craftsmen in your own sport? Who knows? I would love to see us both do MMA and then, or even both do boxing or whatever, because I think like we could really build each other up. Um, he's a great supporter of mine and I would love to see him go as far as he can. Cause I think he's really gifted and really skilled. So um, I would love to see him go the same way. Um, I think we're at like kind of different steps at the moment. Like I've gone pro and he's still training and stuff. So he's still developing what um, skills he wants to bring into the game or like if he's going to go into MMA or come back to bo- – like I don't know what's going to happen. So um, we're just kind of seeing what where things take us um, and no matter like really what happens, we're just going to keep supporting each other. So who knows? That is until we have state of origin because I know you said you didn't follow the NRL, but you've still got to you, <laughs> you, 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 yeah. you've, you've still got to be yeah. a proud Queenslander, oh, and, yeah, and, sure. and obviously sure. he's from the Shire, so he yeah. he's got to be a Blues fan the whole way. So I mean, yeah. the tension at home must be pretty crazy around well, that time. Yeah, yeah, he uh, does definitely think that the Shire is God's country. I don't know where he got that from. So we do have the bit of a, um, a headbutt when it comes to that like I love Queensland I love I'm from the Sunshine Coast so I think like Sunny Coast is awesome it's beautiful it's quiet and he's like no nope, Sutherland's is god country and I'm like shut up like, you know nothing here is nowhere near as good so we always have like these little these little arguments where we're like oh whatever I'm never gonna be able to persuade him that it's better there but here he is moving to Queensland so it's kind of saying something I think well, the weather's definitely better up there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even though we have put on pretty good weather, it's probably the temperature change sure. at the moment. But I mean, we got blue skies; it's pretty good. Um, but no, you you know, a shy a shy boy is always going to be a shy boy, and yep. and, and I'll Heard say that, that many from, times. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess we'll we'll start to wrap up a, a, a bit. I I just want to know, like, who's your favorite fighter, past, present? Oh, I can't say future, but like. <laughs> Me would be my future favourite. Um, ooh, this is a difficult one. Um, like I said before, I really respect Whaley, but she's MMA. Um, and what is it about her that you respect so much? She's just such a workhorse. Like, and she's not out there talking crap against people. Like, she spits some truth. Like, she'll be like, nah, I'm going to beat you. But she's 
not like fluffing your tires or like she's not she's not fake like there's no fake in her like, I don't see any fake in her and I really respect that because I don't like this big macho game like eh, I'm gonna knock you out meh. like I don't respect that I think it's pathetic so I'm like oh well yeah if you think someone's like if you think you're capable of actually hurting them yeah sure say it but if you're just talking game like shut up that's what I think but I think she's really respectful that like, she comes up to her opponents like she's respectful because like they're an opponent which gives her the opportunity to do what she's doing so you can't be disrespectful to your opponent because like they're the only reason that you're there so like I respect my opponents but at the same time I still want to hurt them and she's the same like she's just such a beast like you see her training and I'm like she's so dedicated like it's not always about like I can punch as hard and as fast as this but she's dedicated to doing the small things like she trains with um this hyperfascia um training guy his name is Chong Zai I think insane like I've I've never heard of it until recently and I'm about to start it too so she does all these like little things that most athletes don't think about or like even just mental training or just something like really small that give you that edge because at the top level everyone's training three times a day everyone's eating well everyone's sleeping well everyone's doing the same thing so it's like what's going to give you that edge and she has like all these little things that give you the edge and you can see that in the last fight where she just whooped her like Joanna just got flogged and Joanna was at the top for so long so you can tell she's definitely doing something right and it's like oh okay she's doing these little tweaking things and I, I really respect that she's going to the next level and not just staying like mediocre or not mediocre, but she's not staying the same level as everyone. She's actually like getting better each time, which is really respectful. I think Robert Whitaker's another one like that. Yeah. He, 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 yeah. he prefers to just grind away and, and let his fighting do the talking. But sure. I, I, I yep. guess where the major change was, was the Conor McGregor era, right? Like he came in, mm, Yeah, he obviously was good on the mic yep. and um, he made a lot of money. Yeah. Doing that, and yeah. I think a lot of pe- a lot of other fighters have seen that and uh, taken it, yeah, and taken it because before that, I found that ninety nine percent of fighters were all about respect your opponent and this yeah. and that. And yeah, then when yeah. he came along, it it, it kind like of shifted talk. a little bit. It did definitely, but it, it it is because your time's so limited, and at the end of the day, as a pro, you're a price fighter, and yeah. you've got to make as much money you as you can, do. yeah, yeah, as a, in as little time as possible, right? Yeah, for so sure. I just think like it's a reflection of you and. As, like I want to go out and reflect the best version of me. I don't want to go out and be trashy because I don't want someone to see me as trashy. Like I want someone to respect me, even if they're not a fighter or whatever. I want someone to look at me and go, wow, I really respect what she's doing. She's not trash talking. She's like representing the country well. She's representing her sponsors well. Like I don't want anyone to look at me and go, what is that girl doing? Because at the start of like Connor's crap, like what he's talking, it's like, oh, what? Like, People are a little bit rattled. Like some people don't like it. Some people like it. Like he lost sponsors because of the trash talk he was doing. And then it's like he's also gaining sponsors. But I want everyone to be impressed when I come up on the ring or when I'm on TV. I don't want people to be like, oh, man. Like unless they're an opponent, I don't care if they hate me. But like I don't want potential sponsors to be like, oh, that's disgusting. Especially as a, a woman, you don't want to see this chick being like, eh, nah, nah, like trashy. It's like, nah, I want to see a girl actually like pound someone's face in. But be able to have a, a genuine conversation and be a little bit more articulate than just like talking shit, you know. And speaking of sponsors, are they are they hard to 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 get? Yeah. Like I know I know you've got a couple. Like how how hard is it to to actually achieve that status where you where you pull in a couple of sponsors? Hard. It's it's hard. Like I can't really compare it to the men because I don't know what it's like for men. But like I'm assuming, um, like by what I've heard, it, it's a lot more um, common for people who want to see men fight as opposed to women because, like, there's still the the thing of, like, oh, women shouldn't fight. Like, it's not – I don't want to see women get hurt. And like, I understand that, yeah, because it's not ladylike to punch on. But it's what I do and I love it. So you either support me or you don't. And it's, like, when you see these businesses that are, like, we'd love to support women in sport, just in sport in general, it's like, oh, wow. Like, it, it, t- it kicks me back a bit because I'm like, oh, that's actually really nice to hear. And, yeah, like Powerbox with Bryce, he's, like, he came up, I think, like, a year or two ago. Like, that's when he started. So I've only just started as well, but he's, like, he skyrocketed because everyone's going, oh, this is good quality, it's good stuff. He was someone that actually, like, took interest in me in, in early on, so I really respect that. And 
I've reached out to multiple brands and obviously there's like all these influencers that are like, oh, sponsor me, man. Like it's always like, oh, what can you give me? And um, I was always trying to like, yeah, reach out but not seem really cliche. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm a female pro boxer and like I do this. I'd love to do this in fighting. I'd love to help out your brand, blah, blah, blah. But most people are like, oh, whatever. She's only 2-0. and Like, oh, she's not got a big following on Instagram. Like I'm not an Instagrammer. I don't, I don't really care. Like I just – I want to fight and – I want to help out my sponsors and I want to have a good time during my career, but I'm not about like getting all this attention and showing my body off and all this crap that comes with it. I'm like, I just want to fight. So for me to get sponsors, they're like, oh, well, you don't have 15,000 followers. And it's like, what does that matter? Like I get why it matters because obviously like they need the, like the um, advertising. Yeah. Yeah, They need that. So I get it, but it's like, it's, it is my job now, but in my mind, my job isn't to get attention on Instagram or flaunt myself. It, my job is to get good at boxing and flog people. I don't want to be so like, no, So no fans only account? No. No way. No way will you see me there. No respect there. Nuh-uh. So, um, yeah, but like it's another thing. All these girls going out, oh, yeah, I've got an only fans account. And then what? You just probably lost five sponsors there. What if, you, what if they see you on there and they just saw you butt naked and it's like, oh, that was really not classy, was it? It's like it's it's hard to get sponsors, but it's like the only I think the only time that I'm really going to be able to like draw people in is when I've had like five or so fights, and it's like it's upsetting because I want someone to be there from the start. So when I'm holding that championship belt, I'll be like, yeah, you know who was here at the start, Powerbox. You know who was here at the start, so and so. You know what I mean? Like, and no one's willing to risk that. No one's willing to be like, yeah, we'll support you. We, we respect what you're doing. Even if I had a loss on my record, they're not like oh, yeah, we'll we'll support you. They're like, oh, it's just some girl, like just some person that got no followers on their Instagram. They just want like... But I can totally respect that because, you know, it's the same thing. I mean, you approached me to obviously jump on the podcast and and I respected that, like totally. I I was like, you know, like for for you to come out and just straight away say, I want to make something positive out of this this lockdown, I was like, wow. Like, because to be honest with you, that was the whole premise of this podcast as well yeah. was that i was trying to do something positive out of this lockdown as well yeah, you and, and i respect that that grind or that hustle um but so you do all your hustle yourself or do yeah. you have like a manager or, or no. an agent no, no you you just grind it out yourself yeah um well actually um my coach and my boyfriend pretty much manage me at the moment um however they're like there's stuff on the horizon but at the moment at this current time there's like Brad got me bow box. Like that's the only reason I work with Bryce because like Brad's a good mate with him. So like he sorted that out and then, you know, like um, Shane sorted other things out that I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Because for me to go to someone and be like, look at me, I'm so-and-so, like it's uncomfortable. Like you have to get used to doing that. But at the start, it's really uncomfortable. So when it's coming from another person being like, oh, my fighter's doing this, she's trying to be a professional boxer and like she's 2 or no, like it's a lot easier coming from someone else that's reflecting all the positive stuff that you've done with them. But if it's you being like, oh, look at me, it's like, like you don't know if they're just being stuck up or just arrogant or like if they're being genuine, like I find it really hard to do that. So I was like, I tried to do it. I felt uncomfortable and my coach was like, just keep pushing yourself because no one's going to manage you unless you actually market yourself. So I'm like, all right. And that's why I reached out to people. That's why I reached out to you because I'm like, well, no one's going to reach out to me. They don't know who I am yet. They're going to reach out when they know who I am, but no one knows yet. So I've got to reach out and try and connect with people. And it's been like, most of the time it's like, oh, whatever. But you get some people like you that want to actually support the grassroots people and not just people at the top where they already got the exposure. Like you're actually doing something for the community and helping us out that are struggling at the bottom, you know? Well, I wouldn't call it a struggle. It's just like yeah. when, when I see all these other uh, outlets, I, I see that it's the same interview 10 times. Yep. And yep. I just went like, I don't want to do the same thing as everyone else. I want to go yep. a different route. And 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 not, and not and as, as you were saying before, like hopefully like once you do win a championship mm. and you are at the top, yep. you remember this and I, and yeah, I will still sure. get that as well. So like yeah. it's not that I just want grassroots, but I, I, I'm at the same, I guess – what you were saying where you want someone to jump in at the beginning and, mm. and, and grow together yeah, and that's what, there, it, yeah. uh, that's what it kind of is. I guess the the last thing with the agent is um, 
you know, sometimes having a good agent is good because they already have these brands yeah. in the yeah. back pocket and, and, you know, they might be able to throw a bone because they're like, okay, well, I've already got 15, you know, boxes sponsored by this brand. Mm. Here's yeah. another one of my boxes and, and it makes it a little bit easier and it's just a little less stress on your mm. behalf. Once again, they take their cut. Yep. Is it really worth it? Like the 10, 20% that they're charging? I don't know. That's that's obviously something totally different. But once again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start to wrap it up. Um, I do really appreciate you making the trip. I'd like to Thank think you. that you made the trip just for this, but of I know course. that you obviously we'll had a birthday to that. attend. <laughs> um, yeah, it was also and, very exciting. And I, and I hope that you don't have any problems getting back over the border Thank on you, the yeah. way up. Um, but for, for anyone that wants to get into contact with you, uh, whether it's for a fight, whether it's a potential sponsor, um, yeah, what's what's the best way of people reaching out to you? Through my um, social media would be the best. Like it's under Miss Ellie Bliss or Ellie Bliss Reynolds is my Instagram or Facebook. Um, or my email address is MissElliebliss at gmail.com. That's the best way to contact me really. All right. And there we have it. Once again, thank you so much. Um, I hope that we can talk in the future once, once, once some fights actually start to occur again. And until then, we are done. Till next time. I'm a-